Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition all the way to the most cutting-edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet featuring a comprehensive 70-video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally, which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And one more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours, period. End of story. There's no 6- or 12-month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go-at-your-own-pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health, and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. Thank you for letting me share my passion and enthusiasm for the Holistic Health Mastery Program. And now on with our show. And today's episode features a very, very special guest, Katarina Satori and you know there's a lot to be said about this woman she is just a powerhouse she's been through all different areas of personal development personal growth transformation health transformation um, I actually first became aware of her a couple about two years ago I want to say And I saw some of her videos online that were on liver cleansing and cleansing the body and, and, you know, more health-related stuff. I started paying attention to her on social media, and then I saw her really start to navigate through the personal empowerment world and start to talk about relationship dynamics and talk about authenticity. In fact, she considers herself an authenticity coach. And I talk about that on the show with her. I ask her what an authenticity coach is, and she has a really incredible answer for all of us. And that was something that I just found really, really great about this interview is that she is extremely authentic. And that's the work she does with people, more so than just talking about health and just talking about having good relationships or talking about developing wealth entrepreneurially um, or the different focuses that we often will get bombarded with on the internet when it comes to different fragments of personal empowerment. She's really focused on authenticity because Authenticity is essentially the wellspring in which all other areas of our life that we want to improve upon are born out of. And so if we don't have that on that authentic impulse or pulse within ourselves, then it doesn't really matter what else we try to cosmetically mask it up with. We're never really going to hit the mark in our life. So this interview is just really timely. I'm so happy about it. I'm so happy to actually re-listen to it myself, but more so, I am happy to share it with all of you. So without further ado, 
Let's hop on with Katerina Satori. Enjoy. Katerina Satori is an entrepreneur and marketer who created three successful brands. She's also an authenticity and attraction coach who co-founded Love Mastery University. When you hear her story, one of the first things that will strike you about Katerina is her willingness to dive in. In her 20s, she realized her dream of moving to America. She grew up in Russia, and but she knew from an early age that it wasn't really where she felt at home. She was so strongly attracted to the U.S. that she taught herself English through books, audio tapes, and by writing to her pen pals in the U.S. Even as a child, she pursued her dreams with passion and enthusiasm. Through her audacious pursuit of living in the U- the U.S., Katerina learned a valuable lesson. She believes we are all always guided and provided for. She had $3 to her name when she got to America, but by trusting in the process, it all worked out. Thank you for joining us today. Mm, it is my honor. Thank you, Ronnie. Absolutely. Yeah, so what an incredible um, little backstory one that I can relate to in a certain um, a certain way, and one that I feel so many. It's it's actually. I mean, you know, after you do like 60, 60 of these interviews, and you've been steeped into the world of, uh, I would even say, like mythology and archetypes and just personal development. You kind of realize that there are specific patterns and sequences of events that are necessary. Um, we've heard about that in Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Um, but when you realize through listening to other people's story, how real those patterns are and kind of how unified they are for all of us, um, it becomes really encouraging. It becomes really inspirational. And there's a certain um, energy of of faith that takes over. And so with that said, let's dive into that. What was, what was uh, you know, I want to ask what is what got you started into health and the things you do now, but um, you know, just that idea that you came over from America without knowing exactly what would happen. Like, what what was that whole process like? Yeah, it's. I love that you brought archetypes. I'm so deep into really getting to know the archetypal symbolic language and really, you know, learning to interpret it and apply it into our lives. The hero's journey, the call, the answering the call, you know, the initiation process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love all that. Um, I was very aware of a lot of things, you know, I was forced into developing my multisensory abilities as a little child. Um, and only now I understand that a lot of indigo children, usually they're born in a highly dysfunctional families. So mine was... Very, very appropriate for for my evolution, very dysfunctional. And I had to be very aware of any noise, any sound, anything that's happening in my environment just to keep myself somewhat safe physically. You know, there was a lot of uh, violence was in the house and a lot of uh, drinking. So I was tuning in into the energies. I could read people from an early age. You know, what's the change of that emotion? What's the change? What's they going to happen? What's going to happen next? And only now, Ronnie, I realized what a gift that was because I was training in my extrasensory abilities. And I had this deep sense of knowing, like a premonition, that Russia was my training ground. And it was not for me to build my life there. So I simply acted on my faith, on my intuition. I would take next logical step, next logical step. And the tests that were given to me in my hero's journey, they were appropriate to the abilities that I've developed. So it's, it's fascinating how, to see how tests evolve with time. And you were asking me what inspired me to start the wellness company. Well, a different archetype. It was a wounded healer archetype. It emerged really powerfully, and I was brought to my knees uh, because my body was falling apart, and I was obsessively working 70 hours a week, building my life in this new country. And you know, from a perspective of an immigrant, I was so hungry for opportunities. 
I came here and people would say, yeah, you can have a second job. People will pay you overtime. So I would work at 6 a.m. in the morning until midnight every day, no days off, killing my adrenals. And at 29, uh, my body presented me this really expensive bill for everything. And that really brought me to the deeper search of, okay, why is my body not cooperating with me anymore? Where I'm losing my personal power? Where I'm not living my full potential? I started asking myself those deep questions and got into raw foods and healing the body with medicinal herbs and botanicals. And that's how my first brand was born out of pain, out of a lot of pain. And that journey I can call from pain to purpose, because ultimately that brought me to, to living my purpose now. Beautiful. I can definitely, definitely relate to that. And yeah, that's really great. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you, what exactly is an authenticity coach? Yes. You know, it's so fascinating to me still how easy it is to confuse a concept of authenticity with a practice of living authentically. And what I find is that authenticity can be a very hot and trendy word until we're faced with a choice to take Take an action that requires us to stand naked in our vulnerability, to speak our truth into the world, to own our voice, to let ourselves be seen. And that's the practice of authenticity that is very uncomfortable. And it gets comfortable. It gets kind of, you get used to it. It's almost like you're training the muscle, right? Mm -hmm. But the stakes are rising. The stakes are rising. And I found it was incredibly rewarding for me to first share my own journey as raw, as vulnerable, as real. And I found the more authentic I would be in business, the less I would filter my message, the less I would try to cushion it and make it pretty and make it sound diplomatic. The more people resonate with that and they would say, me too, me too, me too. And the more personal you make your message, the more universal it becomes. Tony Robbins teaches us that. So I became helping people to discover how beautiful they are when, when they're 100% congruent with their truth. Mm-hmm. That's the true beauty of a person to me. When they show up really authentically, complex in their ambiguity, raw in their humanness. And they just, they just themselves. They don't try to impress. They don't try to manipulate. They don't try to seduce. They come from a heart-centered place, and it's very different energy, right? You can't fake that. Mm-hmm. And I found there is a big need of it, helping people to understand how do you go from a concept, from an intellectual understanding of authenticity, to developing a set of practices, rituals, and almost like a devotional way of cultivating that authentic self. Absolutely. And that's kind of the thing that we are presented with in our time right now. I feel like on all different layers is that when we get to the core truth of who we are and we identify our value system and what we actually value and prioritize for what we say we want in our life, because it's very convenient to say you want something in contrast to what you are experiencing. But unless you actually arch- you you do the inner architecture, as I like to say, you actually get honest and ask yourself, what are my actual values? What do I actually value in my life right now? And from that place, the necessary behavior changes, the necessary psychological switches, the, the, the emotional charge that might come up because we're defending something that we might actually not really truly believe in, but it's just kind of a, an imprinted program. And also our health, our health practices, they naturally start to kind of converge and ripple out from that, that, that uh, root of, 
you know, what is it that I value? What do, how do I want to show up in the world to match my value system? Mm. Yes, you nailed it. You know, uh, the body doesn't lie. When we live against our truth, when we live against um, our soul's highest vision for our life, the body, the body just stores this, those imprints, right? And we call them manifestation of dis-ease. And we, we are faced, and you know, Ryan, this is what I'm discovering, that the lessons keep getting repeated until we um, solve them. But the message becomes more, the delivery of the message becomes more dramatic. Mm-hmm. The stakes get higher. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the guardrail on the freeway. Yeah, what was that? It's kind of like the guardrail on the freeway that keeps you from going off the edge. But when you get closer to it um, and you hit it, it scrapes your car and puts you off track. And so, you know, it's kind of like that idea that there's only so long that that guardrail is going to hold up until you break it down and then fall off the side of the cliff. And then you have a a more dramatic and pronounced wake up call. That's why we call it a wake up call because you're falling asleep at the seat or at the wheel and you need to be put back on track. And if we aren't willingly going to do it through awareness, then life has its own backup plan set up for us. Yeah, (laughs) that's very true. That's very true. I agree. I like that metaphor. I really like that. Yeah, well, I was, um, I had put this meme out a couple of weeks ago uh, that actually got a little bit of uh, heat from people because I don't think they either understood it or didn't like where it was coming from. But um, somebody that I've, I've looked at as an athlete um, many years of my life, Mike Tyson, you know, uh, it's an interesting metaphor in of itself because this is an individual that had everything and basically achieved everything he did through living a monastic, very focused, disciplined lifestyle. But as soon as the women came around, the money came around, the fake friends came around, uh, it all fell apart. And then he lost that focus and started manifesting some of his anger or whatever was going on um, in very dangerous and unhealthy ways. And so it's interesting to me because now he's completely vegan. He's a kind, compassionate human being, treats people with respect. And one of the quotes that he says that makes so much more of an impact now watching that journey, he said that if you don't humble yourself, life will humble you. Oh, yes, yes. You know, and my my amazing friend, um, I, I quote his, this quote, he says, Katarina, the bigger the tree, the bigger the shadow. Mm, wow. So our shadow work never stops. And this is also, you know, I am so into Carolyn Mice work. I love, mm. love, love her stuff because she's such an authentic teacher. When she teaches... She doesn't cushion her message because, you know, she's so, it's, it, her queen archetype is in, in her teacher. It's so powerful. And she would say, the more influence and the more power we acquire or accumulate simply by answering our call and serving our tribe and, you know, it's growing, the, the higher awareness we have to cultivate of our shadow because it's growing too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the thing coming up for me, every one of these shows has a theme, you know, when you create the logo and then you create like a theme that, that you know, encompasses everything. What I, What's coming up to me right now is that this probably is like the call to greatness. That's what that's the theme that I'm, I'm kind of uh, seeing for for this call and everything that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go in this direction. Uh, let's talk about your your health journey. I mean, you already you already alluded to that, but I mean, more so you you at one point had a very strong focus on health. I'm sure you still do, um, but a lot of your information and content has revolved around different aspects of health and, and liver flushing and and diet and that kind of thing. So. Let's dive into that a little bit and maybe even talk about what some of your healthy rituals look like. Oh, I'd love to. 
You know, it, it was so fascinating, Ronnie, because um, when I was diving deep into the emotional source of health issues, it was the wildest discovery right of my life. Because at first, you know how I was forced, remember I said I was forced literally on my knees. It's because my doctor gave me a report with precancerous cells in my body. And, you know, it's, it's interesting until it hits you, you really do not know how that feels when you get that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around. You can emphasize with people that you really can't feel it. So it was a scary thing. And I started asking deeper questions because my precancer cells were in my cervix. I started asking deeper questions. I did not want to do any surface bullshit. I wanted to go to the root. So Louise Hay, her movie about you can heal your life. And she was sharing a story how she got a cervical cancer at the age of 50. When she spent her entire life as a spiritual teacher. And she had to face her wounded healer. The powerful journeys that she took. And I remember I cried all night watching that movie because I was 30 years old. And I had buried so much unresolved anger. You know, I was a good girl. I was a hero of the child, hero child in the family. The family was chaotic. I was holding it together. So I never learned it was safe to express discontent. It was safe to express anger. It was a, some kind of a safe way to express your emotions. I learned to survive by pleasing, by keeping peace, by putting my knees last. Mm. And I did not know that. I didn't, I didn't put this pu- puzzle together until the crisis of health. Mm. And I remember just crying over that lost childhood and giving myself permission to grieve and say, you know, okay, I, this is, this is, I need to grieve this and, and really lo- relearn to love all parts of me. Mm. That, that child that was lost, you know, the, the young woman that was confused in me, this, this new person that is emerging all side of me, just really getting to know, getting to know myself from the inside out. When it comes to liver flashing, oh, thank you for bringing that up. Once again, it was connected to anger. I had mm-hmm. so much repressed anger. Mm-hmm that my liver was just blocked, you know, and I would just look at my iris and see so many yellow spots and everything. And uh, it was just a lot of that. And I got into Dr. Morse teachings, Mm -hmm. um, did heavy lymphatic pooling, cleansing, and just really got into high vibration foods and learned so much from him. David Wolf, of course, you know, we honor our heroes, Gabriel Cousin. Mm -hmm. I would say those three were the big, big teachers for me. And I got to know the botanicals and really learn and respect the herbs. And some of the most powerful teachers for me is um, the medicine ayahuasca. Yep. Um, Eight years on that path. And that's been, so you see, it was all parallel. Everything was happening parallel. It was healing was on so many different levels. And um, when it comes to health rituals, you know, I'm consistent with what I do daily. In the morning, I wake up and I usually have warm water with lemon and I do some kind of a fermented drink, either kombucha or probiotic drink. And I do my spiritual rituals for about an hour and then I go do cardio on empty stomach to Mm -hmm. really get that lymph moving and get the sun on my face and and do my uh mind training directly under the sun yeah so you know my morning is the most important to me you know just like knowing that in the morning you set the stage it's it's so simple but you only know how important it is when you hit that what's the name of that metaphor you used on the the guard the the guardrail yeah, the guardrail. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. You know, when you don't do your rituals, you're like, why do I feel like crap? Right. Seriously. Ah, I am on the guard trail. <laughs> mm. It's so funny. Yeah, and I, I totally relate. It sounds like we pretty much live a, 
very, very identical lifestyle in that way. Mm-hmm. And there's an element to the health puzzle too that a lot of people miss is that your you the way you experience health through your body is is very largely a byproduct of how you how you navigate your mind, how you redistribute emotional uprisings, whether they be stress um, or whatever whatever the case is. It's it's largely a mental a mental arena that you're you're dealing with, and oftentimes we associate the back pain or the tight. IT band or the neck issues to a physical issue alone, which is definitely a huge component. But even on that front, I found, you know, it really comes down to a lack of holistic and integrative awareness of oneself. Um, you know, I'll take the example of sitting at a desk. You know, I was thinking about this today, how so much of the postural issues are directly, directly related to how much time we spend sitting, what kind of chair are we sitting in, what kind of bed are we sleeping in, the desk, the size of the desk. And then beyond that, the the reality that as we sit at a computer, our back naturally starts to gravitate and crunch inwards to get into the space of the computer. So mm-hmm. there's that that awareness of pulling back up. And it's interesting because it's almost like when you come back up into full posture, it's a little bit of a, a, a struggle because you're, you're, you feel the stress that has been put upon you through that posture, right? Um, so it's, it's, to me, it's, it's about having that, that awareness of all the different nuances in our experience, you know, not just the physical, um, but how the physical is affected or influenced by how much we're dancing around, we're doing a mental gymnastics game. Oh, yes, yes, you're so right. You know, I'm looking at my stand-up desk. I don't know how I lived without it, you know? <laughs> I have it for two years, and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it makes it such a difference. And, you know, it's, I've been in training I just completed my master healer certification training on auric and karmic imprints mm. clearing some of the most powerful, powerful teachings. And, you know, I've been drawn to it for a while and now I practice it and I facilitate it to my clients and it's so incredible. You know, we have a mental body, we have a spiritual body, emotional body, physical body. And just like you said, they all, they all need to dance together mm-hmm. not one is in, not one is in the basement another one is suffocated <laughs> and only one is trying to crawl you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> mm. yeah very well put yeah and um so shining the spotlight on ourselves can often be a very difficult thing to do and i feel like the idea of of having an authenticity and attraction coach is very interesting because as I deepen my own um, spiritual faculties and my ability to magnify probabilities um, into my life through adopting the right behaviors that will lead me towards the timeline in my life that will allow me to experience the things I think that I want in that moment there's a level of authenticity that is required, not because it's it's a nice word or we feel like we're fake in some way. It's because we haven't shined the light on certain behaviors or thought patterns, if you will, or eating habits that need to be rerouted. They need to be improved upon so you can actually be the type of person that can fulfill that thing that you want to, quote unquote, attract. Very true, very true. And you know, Ronnie, it's interesting because um, I was asking myself a question. I was asking myself a question, where do leaders go when they feel scared, mm-hmm. unsure, confused? Maybe they, they, they are in their dark of the night, uh, dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. That one is a very, it can be quite frequent visitor. When you, when you rapid, <laughs> when you're rapidly accelerating, right? Mm. And what I found is sometimes it's incredibly vulnerable 
to share your process. Mm. You, you're not going to share it with your team. Very rarely you'll share it with your team. Because, um, you know, it's, it's, you, it's like trespassing of a dynamic of relationship you have with them. Mm. And you know, I highly advise against using your romantic partner mm. as a counselor mm. because it's, it's really not their role to do mm. your processing with you. Mm. I've done it in the past and that's, I've learned that lesson in such a hard way. There's a difference between communicating with your partner that you're going through the dark night of the soul and asking for the support right? Mm -hmm. And letting them in and say, you know, this is where I'm, I'm going through. And this is how I would love to be supported. This is why this is in the way I need you. Contrasting that Ronnie to using your partner as your emotional dumpster. Right. Huge, 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 huge difference. And this is the, this is the question I was asking myself, because I remember the moment where I felt incredibly insecure about my business skills mm. you know like so many transformational coaches and especially highly conscious highly aware coaches we're so good at our gifts but it takes a moment to build business badassness right and i felt incredibly insecure you know about it and it was hard for me to admit it to my mentor that i'm struggling I wanted to save my face. I wanted to look and act confident. Yes, I got this. I got this too. And then I realized I'm not letting a person in. He's not, he cannot help me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I found that for leaders, it can be a challenge. So uh, creating that sacred space where nothing a person can tell me make, will ever make me feel or think less of them. Mm. It only opens up my heart to so much deeper respect for their courage to say, you know what, I'm struggling and I've built this thing, I've built this business and now I lost my passion and I'm afraid of being ridiculed by my tribe and I don't know what to do next. Mm. You see, this is the real stuff. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... There's so much there too, and you know. So let's t let's keep t let's keep pushing that button. Then you know what what are some of the the ways that we can start to refurnish our life um, by taking a higher level action per se? Like, what are the things that you often see people get stuck in when it comes to um, how someone is essentially relating to themselves and then might try to emotionally dump or to release some of that onto another person. Um, you mentioned about the, the authenticity coaching, but in terms of like, if someone is in some kind of relationship and they have that pattern, what are some ways that people can help kind of improve upon that? Brilliant question. Brilliant question. I studied deeply in um, codependent and narcissist relationship dynamic. It's, or you can say avoidant and, and anxious dance. It's such a magnetic dance. And there comes a level, there comes a point in our empowerment process where we presented opportunity to really take 100% responsibility for our emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. and take a look at yourself and say where I simply invite people and you and I included in this conversation simply beginning our day asking ourselves this question which areas of my life am I losing my personal and spiritual power by not doing things that are in alignment with my highest good and my highest path and a highest purpose in life. And we're all aware of those areas, right? We, we all have them. Because, you know, there's, that's why I love working with archetypes so much. There's a saboteur in us. There's a prostitute in us. There's a victim in us and a child. And the more 
aware we are, the the faster we recognize those survival archetypes when they show up and be like, thank you so much. Instead of resisting them, we tell them thank you for showing up and warning me that the test is coming. But this time, I've been through this so many times, I am more prepared. Mm. And I'm not going to use my romantic partner as a scapegoat. Because every time there's a temptation arises to put a blame on the other person and say, my needs are not being met in this relationship. As soon as I hear that in myself, in my own mind, the ego starts telling me, my needs are not being met. I deserve more. Ronnie, this is my favorite. I deserve more. Mm. Right? I just, I just do, I do this, like, you know, backtracking. Foot on foot on the on a on a stop mm. <laughs> on the brake, and I and I just ask myself where in my relationships I sell out my own inner power. Mm-hmm. Where in this relationship I have not my own met my own needs, mm. and I'm bitter and resentment again in it. And I am projecting that on my partner. So it's, 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 a, it's a higher awareness. And that's a beautiful, beautiful path about relationships. They are, they are two sides of the same coin running. One side, this beautiful divine bliss, aligned spiritual partnership, two warriors, fantastic, powerful union. And the other side of the coin your deepest insecurities, your biggest fears, highest initiation, biggest, biggest introspection of how much selfishness we still have. Mm -hmm. So simply inquiring this process and, and, and saying, okay, am I here? Here's one, one more. Here's, here's a good one. Just coming through to me. Asking this question, where in my life do I still have expectations of other people meeting my needs? This question was tough for me to answer because I played uh, the prince's role, damsel in distress, a lot. And it was, you know, it was such an undercover archetype, you would never guess it. Because just looking at me from the outside, the most independent, the most self-sufficient woman ever. But I'm talking about deeper layers. That that gremlin of hope. That unconscious or conscious belief. That maybe, just maybe, your real life will begin when your prince comes. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget, three years ago, I was at the heroic public speaking training with Michael Port, one of my other role models, and we did a mastermind over the weekend, and he said, everyone stand up and say what's the biggest insight you've taken away from this experience and how your life will change. And by the time my turn came... I got up and I said, I finally own it. I do not need anyone to rescue me. I can rescue myself. I am okay. I am on the path. And I am stepping into my full power. You know, but it's shining the light on, and it was very vulnerable. And then I wrote it on Facebook, you know, how this, this hidden desire to be rescued, to be saved. Somebody come and, and share this burden of life of entrepreneur, right? And all the struggles that we experience. And a woman cannot transition into archetype of a queen and still hide in the castle and wait to be rescued. Right. You can't swim to shore and take all your baggage with you. You are exactly right. And this is, you know, this is another insight. 
I, I've never met a woman who wouldn't want to be a queen. Mm. And I've met plenty of women who love the idea of waiting for their real life to begin when their prince is going to come. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I'm speaking archetypally, I'm speaking from woman's perspective. I would say that's, that's the reason, you know, this dance of a codependent narcissist, of avoiding an anxious is so popular. Because look at the male archetype, right? Conditioning, you have to come and rescue your princess. <laughs> so you're looking for somebody to rescue. Yeah, well, so that's, that's the other side of the coin is that a lot of men are waiting to... Uh, waiting to meet that right person that um, prompts them to grow into their their um, king archetype, and we go through those stages of magician, warrior, and lover, and 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 trying to mature those dark, different archetypical expressions within us to actually become the embodiment of the king or queen. And so, for a lot of men, um, there is definitely that conditioning, but there's also a feminization. Um, that is occurring with men in the sense that the energy that that a lot of men and I and this has to do with the endocrine disrupting chemicals and plastic and the food supply that that chemically feminizes the male species um, and causes them to be too, to produce too much estrogen that actually diminishes testosterone. It turns into these behavioral issues I see where. Um, people start to, or men start to make more excuses. They start to, um, uh, I don't want to say that women do this. I just want to say that a lot of men do this, which is complain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll slip that in there. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, and are not, are not embodying a solution orientation of their personality, which would be the expression of a king. It doesn't mean that a king does not encounter great challenges, but a king responds to it responsively and has that queen as his counsel and his right arm. But essentially, the king ultimately is the one who can make make immediate decisions, non-emotionally attached in weighing out the the will this hurt me or will it not will this be good or not it doesn't you know you just make decisions based on the impulse and the gut feeling you have and i feel like a lot of men are waiting for a divine feminine uh to somehow ignite that fire inside of them without realizing that the thing that's going to attract your your twin flame or that reflection that you're seeking is by you stepping into your your masculine you know in in the responsible sense oh my goodness you just you just brought that plane you landed it it's so brilliant what you just said ronnie it's exactly that it's exactly mm-hmm. that you know it's interesting i remember um i remember playing out this scenario where I co-created that catalyst with somebody I dated for a little bit. And it was really interesting because usually when a woman ignites that catalyst, right, I would say nine out of ten, she leaves. Mm. She leaves. She doesn't stay because women, we make a decision and we come to the longer, like a little uh-huh. bit longer term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But once we made the decision, it's that's it. Is that kind of like, yeah, that for sure. I know what you mean. Um, is that idea like a woman has done her job, like she, she fixed the project? Like, okay, he's good now. I can, I'll go off to the next one. You know, I, I would use a different um, uh, perspective on ideal I find it's a it's a kind of a one of the contracts we fulfill. Okay. Soul contracts because we both train each other. You know, and you, you've done it a few times. You see it because it's both people dancing together with this process. You know, a woman is attracted to a man's potential, right. and she's closing her eyes on the areas of his life that is not fully in his potential, right? And the only way she's attracted to that is because it's in some areas she's not in her potential. So it's very comforting energy. It's very familiar dynamic. 
But but what I find is those dynamics become more and more short-lived and they are way, way, way shorter. Mm. So it doesn't take two years, six months. You, you know, the last time I experienced that, it was literally two months relationship. Boom, fast. Yeah, and right. And as, as that woman is becoming more of an embodiment of her true self, then she's not going to attract more of those those uh those gaps like the men that she's going to attract are going to be much closer to that 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 tipping point than they were before right absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it's that you know acceleration of energy and the frequency it's i love seeing people falling out of my hologram <laughs> i'm like oops this one gone okay <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just it's wonderful you know what i mean the same thing, um, this is, this is so great, or, and I love our conversation. The same thing when I, I remember when I first started, um, email list, right? And I would be so terrified if somebody first unsubscribed. I was like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? And the more I start sharing my authentic message, really, really just inviting people into my tribe now if somebody unsubscribes i'm like yes yeah totally yes right do you, do you have the same i i i i um i was i brought on my friend uh, jason robel uh weeks ago and i was going through a little bit of an emotional shift before the call so um i we've known each other for many years so i talked to him about it for 20 minutes before so i could clear that that energy but i was kind of like you know it's it's like this, like I care so much about other people that I care less and less about what they think about me. Ooh. It's like it's 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 not detachment and it's not an arrogance, it's not any kind of wounded um manifestation of a oh I don't care, you know, kind of thing, because that's not true. It's it's I actually care so much about the people that I'm speaking to that I'm not swayed by any reaction or trigger or trauma or any manner of disguises that they show up as a reaction. Like I literally don't care what anyone thinks, but I care about them. So it kind of diffuses that, that fear of putting my, my message and my content out there, which is progressively getting more and more, uh, unfiltered. And, uh, so that, so that idea that you're sharing um, you know, when I say that too, like it's getting more f- unfiltered, it's it's getting more refined, and it's getting more to the immediate truth, which can be kind of like triggering for some people. But um, you know, it, there are people I see that like when people leave a comment on a video, or say, for example, I post one of my memes, and I post a meme about Michael Beckwith talking about we don't need to pray to God for a blessing. God is praying that we wake up and answer the call. Right. Like I I saw that meme go so far into other people's uh, uh, field where you had these religious people that were coming up and they're just like, no, you you can't tell us we're not praying for God. Yeah, whatever. Like it it was an observation that I made. And then people that never like my stuff, they never show up in my post, but then they post something that they're not happy with. Um, And I was like, okay, you're done. You're done. Um, and that felt like a liberation. Like even some people, they're like, oh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I like what you do, but this thing right here triggered me and I, we can't be friends. I'm like, fantastic. Then I'll <laughs> open up the slot for someone that can be friends. Yeah. What a, what an interesting observation, right? Um, I was, you know, going through the karmic and Ari clearing, um, a setting with Toby Alexander. He said something very profound. He said, uh, negative souls, and I will explain how he describes it. He says, negative souls are not drawn to this high-frequency energy work. They cannot hold the frequency. So what they're going to do, they're going to complain, they're going to critique, they're going to, uh, you know, throw some dirt, or they're going to try to suck up your time and your energy, but they will never take action and actually hire you. Yes. And I thought it was so honest and so true. He says, negative souls does not ask for assistance. Negative souls does not ask for assistance, and it continues its negative patterning. Mm. Positive souls, awakened souls, is looking hungry for assistance. He knows the frequencies are coming up so strong. 
this positive soul, our soul, building her soul tribe because she knows there's so much we can accomplish together. We empower each other, right? And it's it's so interesting, Ronnie. I've never ever read a criticism from from a visionary, from how you call uh, luminaries, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we are so like busy being on each other podcast. You know, showing up, having this conversation, supporting each other, just really creating these beautiful, deep, soulful relationships instead of just sitting there and throwing dirt on somebody. <laughs> it's just, it's just how it is. Yeah, well, it's kind of like Martin Luther King Jr. didn't stand up at the podium in front of thousands of people and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, I've gathered you here because I have a complaint." <laughs> it's like come on so there you go it's like you know complaining is a is some kind of step towards hopefully getting awareness again and then course correcting and refining that impulse that you have that is being expressed as not enoughness it's um being expressed as codependency or you know any of these these lesser forms um, towards the path of, of success in alchemy, um, it has to ma- it has to mature itself into what you're talking about, which is I am enough at all times, and I have enough at any given time to do what I need to do right now, and I can also enjoy the process. I don't have to, as so many of the great avatars and inventors that bestowed so much practical wisdom about living a a happy and healthy life, a lot of them had to burn out through their life um, based on circumstances uh, to get to that insight. But we live in a unique situation where we are the recipients of all the greatest knowledge that's ever been brought forth. And we already know this. The fact that you and me can sit here and have this conversation is 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 uh, evidence that that we on some level have gotten that insight, and now we can make a choice to actually be happy now, opposed to when then when I get somewhere wherever that is, I will then be happy. Mm, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And you know, I just I just had this uh, remembrance of to whom. In, to whom, what was that? One of the phrase in scriptures that I actually like, you know, and I don't consider myself Christian in any way or form, but it's something that says to whom it, it's given, the responsibility is high, to something like that. Basically, to whom it's more trusted. And, you know, I really carry this, this deep sense of humility that we touched upon in a, a conversation and also sense of responsibility that we are living in the critical time and people who are called to do this work of holistic, integrative, um, medicinal way of living in a way, right? The soul, the body, the mind, your energy field. And it's such a responsibility to not stand in our own way and to not filter your message. Mm. Speak authentically, speak raw. Because, Ronnie, when I was in the dark, when I was two years a fully functional addict, living in shame, hiding from everyone, high achiever, using all kind of a brain stimulants, to achieve my goals, right? To hit that next mark and all kind of excuses. And if somebody would not share a message in the most raw, real, vulnerable way, it would not land home for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So I remember that. I remember that and I say, speak raw, speak real, because even one person's life changes it's a ripple effect on so many generations for that person and the vicinity of everyone around them. Mm. You know, that's why I don't care about giant email lists. 
I don't care about <laughs> I don't I I really don't. I don't care. I know. I I, I care about I wake up where am I guided? Which name comes up? Who do I need to speak? What message do I share? That's it. One day at a time. Yes, I have the plan. Yes, I have the business mind. They're also like, you know, all those kind of funnels and everything. But you know what? It's such a noise. It's a noise. It's a noise. It's a noise. Because no matter how amazing online marketing is, and I'm just going to touch on this really briefly, you know, there's something can be lost. We're creating another way of keeping ourselves small and safe. And it's a when you make yourself visible, you stop hiding behind the screens, and you actually go in into the real world and walk amongst people and make a difference by being radically honest and fully present moment by moment. You make a difference simply by being, right? Simply by being. The rest comes, you know, through just cultivating that awareness that we can be persuaded by this hunger for influence, by hitting these goals, by creating these life maps, and then we'll lose, we'll lose what's really important right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is right in front of our eyes, just like almost everything that we're looking for. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny. It's so funny. Mm. Yeah. And um, you know, and it's it's just um it's it's a moment to moment practice. It's really moment to moment practice. And I here's another metaphor that I like to remember is I see the spiritual uh conscious leaders, we're like gladiators. And think about how gladiators were trained. They started young. They spend a lot of time in isolation and under the heat of the sun and a lot of, a lot of uncomfortability. And I wonder if there was a wisdom in that training and the deeper sense of wisdom because, you know, it's you, you cultivate that inner reliance and also you cultivate this, um, almost like a monastic way of living, what, what you touch, touched upon earlier. And, you know, it's when the power and the luxury and everything else comes, because it comes at different parts of life at different faces, you look at it as another way of initiation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, how can I cultivate still my humility, still remember my shadow, because my shadow just doubled in size. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And 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 lightheartedness. You you gotta be able to laugh at yourself and say, I am I am buying into this reality. This is so real. Oh my goodness. I almost think that this all that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so amazing. And uh yeah, there's so much there and uh it could really keep um refining and revealing so much more of this conversation but i really feel that the when we understand the impetuses for our behavior and what's actually fueling them the same way we understand what fuels a cancer cell um in that kind of context then we can understand how to reroute the fuel supply energetically and start to rearrange the rituals in our life to better feed our dreams and desires and our relationships and the things that we want to bring harmony to opposed to compartmentalizing everything and looking at at our body or our mind or our business or our relationship as a separate segregated um entity and actually see how that they all cross translate together oh you this is such a profound truth such a profound truth running yes i would just add one more thing and quote michael port he would say any business problem you have it's a personal problem in disguise any personal problem you have 
it's a business problem in disguise. He just contrasted those two, but it's pretty much the same. You know, if we really say we practice this holistic living, then we are holistic entrepreneurs. We are holistic partners. Mm-hmm. We see no separation. We see no separation. And that's a real practice of living holistically. I love it. I love it. I think that's a great thought to, to conclude on. Um, what, what are maybe like uh, one or two or even three key things that you would share with anybody holistically related, like anything that people can utilize to really get to that next place in their life? Are you referring in terms of health? Um, in general, I mean, health is obviously the cornerstone of our life, right? So um, we've we've kind of gone we've gone cross ladder, laterally into different <laughs> situations. So whatever comes to you, whether that be health, um, mental, emotional, relationship, again, like we said, they all translate together. Yeah, let's see what will come through. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Number one is. Owning every part of your story. Not creating the shame pockets in your life. And not deeming that this part of your life was, you know, that's something that you put on display, on the window display. Oh, you know, this is how, this is, I want people to know about myself. But there's this other part is still a little bit in the closet. And because it bleeds, it bleeds, it bleeds through other areas of our, our lives. And when I say owning every part of our stories, just celebrating what you survived mm. and celebrating what you transform, because that's what makes you a really remarkable human being. Because if you have transformed something, you can show the path to another person Every time we transform something, we don't do it just for selfish reasons. We transform something and that the power of that flame of the transformation, it ripples. It shows up in every story we share and how we carry ourselves in our hearts. And it transforms others without even us trying to convince them or doing anything. So owning every part of our story is the number one. Number two, I would say is looking at your romantic partner if somebody's in a relationship or beloved looking at them as them already being in their full potential mm-hmm. not zooming in that like they lack something because it's usually you're you lacking something and you feel insecure about it and you're projecting it on them seeing them as already full potential and the number three, uh, finally, I would say drink a lot of spirulina and chlorella with coconut water. <laughs> I love that. It's my favorite, my favorite detox drink every day. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. We totally speak the same language and uh, <laughs> makes for an incredible conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Ronnie. It was so much fun. And I love, love deep conversations like that. It was a joy to connect and, 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 and really go deep into these powerful topics. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So where can everybody find out more about your work? Very easy. I love dominating Facebook <laughs> in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if, if you just Google my name, uh, you will see... Katerina Satori. I have two different pages, but either one is fine. My website is the same, katerinasatori.com. You can also Google my YouTube, Katerina Satori. I have over 300 videos there. I'm pretty active on YouTube and Facebook are two of the fastest way to connect with me. Okay, beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Thank you, Ronnie. It was such a joy and blessing to you. Mm. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining me on another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our special guest, Katarina Satori, and all the amazing insights, principles, 
and uh, navigational tools that she has shared with all of us. The key, as always, is to pay attention to what resonates with you, what you feel in your body, what synchronizes your mind, heart, and body, and you get that alignment impulse. And then actually taking action. That's the key is that you have to take what you learn and implement it into the interface of your life. Not just think about it, not just entertain it and, you know, quote unquote, try to manifest something, right? You actually have to take action, you know, write something down, write it in your phone if you're walking around and you can't, you can't put the pen to paper. Um, do something to plant that seed and then miracles will manifest for you in their own time. So thank you so much. And we will catch you on the next episode. Aloha. Aloha.